All right, welcome back to A Cup of Corb. This is your hostess, Megan. And today I have Dr. Andrew Desario from the chiropractic office I used to go to back home. I reached out to him because I thought this would be an important thing to talk about regarding mental health as well as physical health. And we're gonna be just talking about a bunch of different things. So Dr. Andrew, how are you today? I'm great, thanks for having me. It's wonderful to see you again. Absolutely. It's so nice to see you as well. You always had such a positive, like smiley face whenever I walked into your office. So I feel like I've never seen you have a bad day, but then again, I would only come in to get a, a quick adjustment. <laughs> we, we all have bad days. It's just a matter of how you manage them, right? Absolutely. So Dr. Andrew, how did you get into the chiropractic field? Like what's your journey to, to doing that? <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, a, a a long story, but it's not that exciting, I should say. <laughs> um, but, um, you, you know, uh, it's really interesting. I've always had an interest in uh, healthcare, right? I uh, mm -hmm. always wanted to be a part of, um, you know, helping people be healthy. Um, and in high school, I had uh, got exposed to a uh, one of my teachers. He was a, a very natural kind of way of, of lifestyle. And uh, at the time, it was something that I was uh, working with and, and, you know, getting more information like, you know, how to eat healthier and, and not just like a vegetarian diet, let's say, um, but, but just in, in general, like all those different things that you do. And, and, you know, meditation should have been a part of it, but it was a lot of, we never used the word meditation, you know, like we would go out and sit in, uh, you know, out in nature, or we would do uh, Tai Chi in the, uh, you know, while we were camping and things like that. So, it, it, it surrounded this very uh, lifestyle of um, natural health. Mm -hmm. And um, towards my you know, senior year, and, and I was looking at where I, what I wanted to do and where I was going to go to school, he recommended, he goes, well, you know, do you ever give thought to being a chiropractor? And I had been to a chiropractor when I was in middle school mm -hmm. um, for, for a different reason. Uh, the doctors, you know, in middle school at the time, they would do these scoliosis checks and whatnot. And they thought that they saw a curvature in my spine and you know, so my mom brought me to the chiropractor that she knew, and we went for a short amount of time, but nothing, you know, there, there was no big, you know, impact as far as what he explained, how chiropractic applied to other things. And um, so that, that was kind of a, just like a, a, by the way. And so, you know, fast forward to the, my senior year, when, when uh, uh, my teacher was recommending this, I said, well, you know, maybe that's a good idea. So I started to look around and, and my mom had some connections in the community. And I went to go to a chiropractor that her hairdresser knew. And it turns out that the guy had like a, a big family and, and there was a lot of people that we knew that he knew and all this other stuff. So it was a really good, nice rapport that we had. And I was able to, you know, shadow him in his office mm -hmm. and spend time and learn a little bit more about chiropractic. And so by the time I was, you know, again, now, you know, a couple of years into college, um, I started having these, you know, ideas like, okay, what am I going to do? And, you know, you know, now is the point now I have to make a decision. And so what he <laughs> said was, is, Hey, why don't you check it out? And so I did. And I went to a couple of the different chiropractic colleges, visited them, mm -hmm. uh, talked to the, uh, the admissions people and, and count of, of whatchamacallit, uh, the students. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, well, you know, maybe this is something I was going to do. Honestly, the, the, the weird thing is, which is such a, a, a contrast, I was looking at going into uh, being a trauma surgeon, like I was looking at um, wow. you know, medical schools. 
And so even actually through chiropractic school, I took um, a portion a couple of years into chiropractic school, I took my MCAT thinking I was going to go on to, uh, you know, go on to a medical school. And, um, you know, of course, uh, life, you know, twist and turn and teaches you lessons. And I didn't end up going that way. But um, it was just a, it it just kind of evolved around basically the premise of wanting to be a a part of people's health Mm -hmm. and to be uh, doing it as naturally as I can. And, um, you know, I'm thankful I didn't end up going into the trauma surgery route. Uh, but, but it's really amazing the, um, the things that I've learned since graduating school about how chiropractic, the lifestyle of, and again, not just, you know, chiropractic alone, but, you know, eating right and meditating and exercising and getting good sleep and drinking good, clean water. And, you know, all of those different things that we kind of, you know, we all know to do, but, you know, for some reason, you know, we end up, you know, eating Doritos and, you know, Coca-Cola mm-hmm. for dinner, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, and we don't exercise as much as we should. So, uh, but, but it, it was really a, um, a real nice way for me to evolve and, and uh, get into the, the profession. Okay. That's cool. That's yeah. like, so interesting that, you know, you, went from like one extreme of the the trauma surgery because I feel like that's just such an extreme to chiropractic which is you know more it's hands-on as well obviously but in a different way a hundred percent hundred percent and you know it's funny I think part of the reason why I got into that was I, I had become um, in my high school years I be uh, got my EMT certification emergency medical technician mm-hmm and so from there, I, I had a very small exposure to being on a squad and running on an ambulance. It wasn't something that, I mean, nowadays you see people that are very well uh, um, uh, educated on it and, and become, you know, seasoned in, in yeah. that world. And, and that's not what I, my experience was. Mine was, it was a very limited one. So I still kind of romanticized the idea of emergency medicine and, and uh, thought that, well, you know what, this is still something interesting, which it honestly, you know, wasn't that the interest wasn't there it was just a matter of was it going to be congruent with my beliefs and my ideas and philosophies about health and like you said it's it's one extreme to the other but um you know so uh i I will say though that i i I still have a good respect for emergency care um Mm -hmm. and it's not that i don't respect any other doctor but you know i i still find that uh emergency acute management of care is still really top notch around here. And, and that to me doesn't compete with chiropractic. The problem that I always had was, is when you take those ideas from your emergency care and now apply those to natural or not natural, but more, you know, everyday things. So like, for example, I'll give a real simple one. You know, when you're nauseous and, and, and can't control the nausea and, and it's an extreme setting, they're in a hospital, they're going to give you a drug called Compazine, or one of the drugs they possibly can give you is called Compazine. You know, but that's different than if you wake up one morning and you go, oh, my belly just doesn't feel good. Let me take some Compazine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so that, those, that's where I see the difference is, you know, one thing is, is handling a crisis management, which again, you know, emergency care, I think is, is top notch for that. Um, but then using that so those same principles and applying it to the everyday stuff, uh, th- that's kind of where I feel like, you know what, there's other ways to manage 
you know, our bodies, you know, little signals for us. Yeah. And, and, and that's where really, you know, living a more natural lifestyle, uh, you know, kind of steps in. Not to mention when you do it that way, you have far less crises and those crises don't need to go to the extreme. So um, th that's kind of been a little bit more of where I leaned over to. And um, so, you know, I, th th it is kind of interesting how I was on one end of the spectrum to the other, but, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, there's still a balance there. Yeah. So speaking of um, the sense of, you know, crises happening or like healthcare um, and using chiropractic, I think I saw something a few months ago where it was like a gentleman had a heart attack on a flight and there were some doctors there and like they couldn't help him, but a, there was a chiropractor on board and they had done an adjustment and it had like, I, I, I forget the whole story, but it was something really interesting where it was just like, you know, the other doctors didn't know what to do and they were in a flight. And then the chiropractor was like, here, let me try something. I don't know what exactly they did, but just like that, you know what I mean? Something so like, you know, you're in the middle of, of a flight. You're like, I can't, we can't land like right now. Like, what do we do? And the fact that like something natural just as, you know, positioning, I think it was, they did something with his neck. I don't mm -hmm. remember hundred percent, but just yeah. like something like that can fix what's going on or, or sustain you know, until they yeah. landed. You, you know what? I, I read the same article and, yeah. and I think it's actually a, a great story and, and I'm happy that it was able to hit more of the masses with it. Um, all through the years of, of being in the profession, I've always heard these like little tidbits of some stories here and some stories there. And, and you know, one of them, you know, it's, I guess, a concept that, that's difficult for people to understand is a lot of people want to say, you know what, chiropractic's okay if you got a bad back or bad neck, but you know, are you one of those chiropractors that believes that you know an adjustment can heal everything, including cancer? And you know, it's not that I I, I profess that sort of thing, um, but when you hear stories like you just talked about, where somebody was having a heart attack and they did everything they possibly could in the setting that they were in, and they just gave it one last shot and, and said, hey, let me try this. And it works um, and helps to resolve the person, take that person out of the crisis, whatever it is. Um, you know, you look at it and you go, well, maybe chiropractic can cure everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and like I was mentioning, all through my years, uh, I've always worked with mentors who were, you know, 20, 30 years deep in the profession than I was. And uh, one of the stories was very similar uh, he was at a birthday party and a, a small child uh, fell in the pool and mm. they pulled him out of the pool and he wasn't breathing and they started doing all these things and they called him over and said, oh, you're a doctor, you know what to do. And he goes, the only thing I know to do is to do an adjustment. And he adjusted the, uh, the, the young child's, uh, the top of their neck, it's called the bone at the top is called the atlas. He adjusted that and immediately the kid took a big deep breath started waking up, coughing, spitting out all the water that was in him. And yeah, I mean, like an amazing miracle. Uh, wow. on, on the heels of a conversation like that, um, you kind of go, well, maybe chiropractic really does offer a lot of these things that we, we take for granted or, or maybe we don't think it could help with, um, but it really does. And, and you know, the, the basic premise is, is that when the body is not getting the right or I should say, not able to communicate the right message with the brain uh, for some interference that's going along in the spine, uh, that, that's 
when you clear that out, all of a sudden, you know, life returns. It's now able to flow the way it's supposed to properly send messages to and fro. And it, it just really makes it just a, a, you know, it makes the body do what it needs to do to be healthy and survive. Mm-hmm. So when the body is stressed out, like people hold tension in certain aspects, like I know specifically for me, it's like the upper back, like I get knots and tension. So what exactly is happening in the body that's, you know, from like mental stress causing that tension? Yeah, sure. So that's a great question. And yeah, I mean, you're not alone. There's so many people that carry their stress in their upper back and, and in their soft tissue, the musculature, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it sounds complicated uh, when you start putting all the 25 cent words on there from, you know, the science and the anatomy, but really very simply, um, I look at it this way. There's three principles uh, that, that really are going to make a difference in this conversation. And, and one is, is the brain controls everything in the body, right? So mm-hmm. you can't wiggle your little toe without a message coming out of your brain, down your neck, down your spinal cord, all the way down your leg to your little toe. Now, why do I pick on your little toe? Because it's the furthest place from your brain, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if that message to my little toe is, is telling my little toe to, to do that, well, then it's also happening for everything in between, right? My knees, my hips, my stomach, my lungs, my heart, my all the glands, all the muscles, every single cell in your body has to get a message from the brain to tell it what, it, what to do. Well, the second thing is, and this is the part that I think sometimes people get a little hung up on, but uh, we'll make sense of it in a moment. There's something called the innate intelligence, innate intelligence. We're mm-hmm. all born with this innate intelligence. And that innate intelligence is what is directing these messages of when to produce more glucose or, ins- or I'm sorry, to break down glucose and use insulin, when to speed up your heart rate, when to heal a cut, when to fight off an infection, when to break down bone cells or make new skin cells or whatever it is. It takes, I mean, you ever look at what a, like a hamburger looks like? That looks nothing like your body, but when you break those things down into molecules, it becomes your body, right? You know what I mean? Like, so who, who's doing that? Well, the innate is on the job doing that, but here's the magical part is it uses the network of nerves that get to every single cell in the body. So there's not one single cell that is a lot more alive or, or less than another part of the body. And you can only be as healthy as your nervous system is healthy, mm-hmm. right? And then the third thing, like I mentioned, there were three, is that there's, if there's interference along those nerve pathways, that interference, that's what causes these uh, messages to get bound up. And, and this is what you know, ends up overwhelming the system. And, you know, you brought up saying, well, I have stress and tension in my shoulders and back. Well, you know what, believe it or not, you have stress and tension in the other places too. You just don't Mm -hmm. feel it because the back happens to be the place that you feel it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some other people feel it, they might get headaches or other people, they might get low back pain, or sometimes they, you know, even get, you know, stomach discomfort or, or, or even, you know, numbness in their arms or whatever it is. I mean, it, you know, there's a whole host, even allergies are, are mm-hmm. an example of the histamine reaction in the body that's not being properly moderated. Um, and, and we all have these different things that go on, but those are signals to you that your body is being somehow um, irritated, somehow mm-hmm. activated in a way. And all of a sudden, you know, if you let that go, it becomes something more extreme. 
right? You know, and we get into that uh, um, acute crisis uh, issues. And that's not really where we want to live. We want to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say suppress, that's the wrong word, but release that tension, mm -hmm. right? Re release that tension in a good way and allow the body to be able to, you know, do what it needs to do, send the messages to where it needs to send. And, you know, we often get in the way of it, right? Um, and, and this, I, I think uh, maybe this kind of goes beyond a little bit more of the question that you're asking, but I think this is kind of appropriate. There's really three things that create what we call this interference in the body. We call that a subluxation, right? In chiropractic, that's the term we use. And so there's three causes of a subluxation. The first one is trauma, okay. physical traumas, right? So I you know, fell off a ladder, I got hit by a truck, that's gonna cause a subluxation. But also two little traumas, right? I might not, uh, you know, I'm always looking down at my phone or um, you know, I, I'm, I'm always uh, you know, sleeping on my stomach or you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at my desk, right? Ergonomic things, right? There, there's a lot of little traumas that get in there. So trauma is the first one and it's the most obvious. And, and honestly, we could probably spend most of our day just working on the physical trauma. Mm -hmm. But the second one is toxins, things that we put into our body that stress our bodies out. Um, but also there's things that we should put in our bodies that we don't. So mm -hmm. using a very good, simple example, like water. If I don't put enough water in my body, what do my tissues do? My tissues are going to constrict and tighten up. Mm. And that can cause the subluxations that are occurring in the body. And the third one, which is really a, it's a good one. Uh, traditionally, we're, we're taught to call it thoughts, like auto-suggestion, thinking, right? You have things that you think about. But you know what? I think it's a real simple way is calling it stress. Mm -hmm. When your body's under stress, again, it constricts, it tightens up. So the muscles tighten up. They can pull on the vertebra. They can cause improper function of the, the joints. They can cause muscle tension and irritation and knots. But, you know, stress can also cause heart attacks. Stress can also cause stomach ulcers. Stress can also cause headaches and tension headaches, things like that, migraines. So there's all, and we also know that stress will also reduce your immune function. We've mm -hmm. seen that over and over again. They've, they've uh, made enough studies that everybody should, that's common knowledge that you can actually really affect your immune function just from the way you think about things and the stress that affects your body. Wow. Dang. That's a lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but that's good. It's good things to think about because I think, you know, there's when you're like, oh, my back hurts, like I'm in pain. You're not thinking like, okay, what's causing that pain? You just want it to go away. Like you're not really thinking about, okay, what caused it? I mean, of course, like if you get hurt as in like fall off a ladder, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I fell off a ladder. Like that makes sense. But like the stress and such, um, it's funny because from going to a chiropractor, like from seeing you guys, I definitely drank a lot more water over time. Um, we have the 64 ounce big jugs and I can honestly drink that in the morning and that's it. And then I'm like, I think I drank too much water today, but, um, it's fine. Cause I'd rather be more hydrated than, than less hydrated. Um, but you know, I think also we were talking about this before we came on, but we were talking also about acupuncture, um, and I recently, I tried it back in Pennsylvania and I liked it. And then I went to someone here in North Carolina and they did like the whole shebang, like the whole body experience. And she kind of explained each needle and what was, what this was going to help me with. Cause I had some stomach issues for a little bit. 
and she put the one like right next to my belly button. I'm like, this is so weird, but it like, it was really helpful. Um, so like in your experience, what benefits do you think like acupuncture has for like the stress? Like, is it something that people should be trying? Like if they're having chronic pain, like what's your opinion on that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not an acupuncturist. So, I mean, my, my first answer is, you know, go visit one and see what they tell you. Um, but you know, to back that up, I've also gone to an acupuncturist and, um, you know, I find that it's, it's a real peaceful experience for me, uh, at least the way I, I take it in. And, um, it's, it's really interesting. If you start to look at the philosophy behind acupuncture, maybe not so much the practice of it, but, but more the philosophy, the, the, the understandings of the way the energy flows and what acupuncture is designed to do and the meridians and the way the body is set up with these, you know, flow coming this way on one side of the body and the flow channeling the other way. And, and basically the point of acupuncture is to balance that flow of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the diagrams that they use in acupuncture, and then you overlay those onto what we use in chiropractic as some of the nerve, um, you know, uh, uh, diagrams, there's a real strong correlation between those two things. It's not identical, but there's a real, um, you can see many places where there's a good amount of overlap. And what's amazing about that is, is, you know, to me, when you find a truth, there's a truth, that same truth exists in so many other places. And so, yeah, of course, I would definitely think that if your body's stressed out, there's an energy block that's occurring, whether we can identify it neurologically or whether you can, you know, see it, you know, physically, like, you know, with a symptom of something, um, you know, but I think the energy side of things, which is where acupuncture starts to, you know, acupuncture is much more mainstream, but it really touches upon that energetic uh, idea of the way the body works and how it's, you know, how it heals and how it stays Mm -hmm. healthy. And that to me is where I think healthcare has started to move towards. Mm -hmm. If you start looking at some of the, the, the more recent studies and the writings and, and some of the books that are out there, again, the more recent ones, they even talk about food that we eat has energy to it right? You know, you want to eat food close to the source. Yeah, of course, we don't want things that are processed and don't look like our foods. And, you know, if my grandmother didn't, couldn't pronounce it, then I probably shouldn't eat it kind of thing. (laughs) Um, But, but more than that, like they talk about the energy of the food. And so the same thing when they talk about your body, and and they mention, you know, we're, we're living in this energetic plane. And, you know, we everything has energy, you know, the table has energy, the chair, the you know, all of these things, look at even the way we're communicating. You're in North yeah. Carolina and I'm in Pennsylvania. It's, it's flowing through energy. And, and when you look at the quantum field, right, this is where they're, you know, the energy is, is, is really like a playground, that quantum field, all of a sudden it's like, you know, people can manifest health from a sick state, or I shouldn't say sick state, from a, a place of sickness that where they, you know, once had physical sickness, now they, they create a healthy mental state. They create this, this energetic level, this vibration, and now they're healthy, right? You know, spontaneous healing. And, you know, I, I would say probably 30, 40 years ago, a lot of this stuff, we would sit there and go, oh my gosh, it's a miracle, right? Like mm-hmm. this person is healed. It's a miracle, um, which I still believe it is. 
but there's so much more that we can put onto where energy lives and not lives, but how it exists and, and what our role in it. We're not just mindless, unconscious meat suits going through this experience, <laughs> right? We actually have a, a play, a role in this. And, and that's the fabulous part. So when you bring up things like acupuncture or even things like Reiki um, mm-hmm. and, and different other forms of energy, energetic healing, you know, it's so phenomenal. Like, like think about it, Reiki, uh, a Reiki practitioner, they don't even touch you. Right? Like they don't even have to put their hands on you, literally. And, and there's still a, an exchange of this energy. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, I, I think that if people are, are experiencing some, some pretty tough stress in their lives and, and they're having some stuff going on, aside from the basics, right? Like I still think you need to fix your lifestyle and clean right. that up. Um, you know, you can go to an acupuncturist, but if, again, if, if what you eat for dinner is, is damaging your body physically, you know, it's going to kind of go against one another. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think energy is, is, is now, you know, the, again, I think healthcare is moved or is moving towards looking at energy as this commodity for, for individuals' health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like alternatives, like that, have you ever done float therapy? Cause I recently tried that. Oh, recently, like a few months ago. And I thought it was really cool. Just the fact that it's like, you're in this water. I didn't do a pod because it was my first time. So they had me in like a little pool, but I was by myself mm-hmm. and I felt so like, so good afterwards. I mean, I was in a daze because I felt so relaxed. Um, but I just thought that was so cool. Cause it's like things you wouldn't think like, oh yeah, that would like help ease like tension. You know what I mean? Like, cause when you're used to floating, you kind of have to do the work of kicking your legs. And then with that, you're just literally laying there. Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about some of the, those, those sensory deprivation pods, right. And, and, and the float therapy, uh, there, there's a, there's a physical sense to it because that water is so highly salted, right? The ions mm-hmm. in it um, have an effect on the body physically. Uh, then you get into that mental state where you're just being suspended and, you know, you, it's effortless to be there. And, and you, you, again, when you do the pods where, you know, you have like, you know, light is being shut off from you and, and it's like more of a sensory deprivation, all of a sudden it's, it's now you're, you're, you exist just by existing, right? And there's yeah. no other distractions. And the only distractions that you bring into that pod or into that session is your own mind, right? right? And, and so if you can let go of, your, of who you are for those moments, which honestly is, to me, is, is really the, uh, the, the practice of meditation. So this is bringing you into a meditative state, from what I understand, uh, but by putting you into a physical space, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's phenomenal if you can do some of that stuff. I think it's really yeah. cool. I I love that sort of stuff, and and I love looking for those things out in like a non contrived environment. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, like if I'm going to go do float therapy, I, I want to go to the ocean and float, right? You know, right. or if I'm going to go sit and and want to be connected to nature. Uh, I want to go do that, you know, out in a meadow or somewhere or out on a mountaintop or, you know what I mean? Where, where you can just kind of be and, and, you know, have that space and freedom to, to just kind of, you know, 
to let all of that goodness, you know, flow through you and, and, and realize you could be a part of it without having to, you know, I guess, uh, uh, um, control the environment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't need the, uh, I don't need heat on or air conditioning and I could just kind of like exist and, and experience, you know, be present to it. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100% and not have your phone with the, well, have it in case of an emergency, but have it, you know, on the side. Sure. Um, so over your experience, I'm curious if you've ever had someone that was like a real like skeptic to chiropractic care, and then you've had them like do a complete 180 and be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Like, I can't believe I thought this was BS. Like, can you think of an example or multiples of that? You, you know what? It's probably more multiple. Uh, it, it's a lot. It, it's so funny. And, and um, when I was first in practice for the first few years and, and probably even the first 10 years, I was always shocked to find people who were maybe in their 30s or 40s and go, yeah, I've never been to a chiropractor. And I was like, how is that even possible? I mean, like, you, you know, we're talking, you know, the, the mid 2000s, right? Or, or you, know, uh, or, you know, earlier 2000s. And I'm like, how is it that you've never been to a chiropractor? Like, I mean, like, I can't be your first experience with this. And, um, but, but it was true. And, and so, and even today, I still meet people. I, I, we just, uh, I just had somebody come to the office. Uh, what's today? Friday. So I had somebody come to the office earlier this week on Monday. And um, she goes, yeah, I've never been to a chiropractor. And I was like, I, it, like it just, it just boggles my mind that that even mm -hmm. exists. But it's, it's interesting because there are a lot of people out there who resist chiropractic. Don't think that, like I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the, uh, uh, in, in this uh, talk today, you know, where they just think that, oh, you're one of those guys that believes this, or once I start going to a chiropractor, I always have to go in. So there's always like that skeptical perspective on what it is that chiropractic is really up to. Um, but like you mentioned, how do I, or, or what have I done to, you know, have them see the other side of it? It would be like you trying to explain what does chocolate taste like to an alien, right? Like somebody <laughs> who comes in from another planet and you go, you've got to try this stuff. And they go, what is it? And you're like, it's chocolate. And they're like, okay, well, describe it to me, right? Like, you can't, like, they have to experience it, right? right? Like, it, it's something that they have to experience. And so, um, one of the things that really becomes super easy is, is once, you know, I talk to a, pe a person and I go through the consultation with them and we figure out what, what we need to do, or do we have to take x-rays, do we not have to take x-rays, mm -hmm. whatever it is that we're, we're discussing. But once we get to the part where the adjustments come in, um, I work with them and say, listen, we're going to set this up and we're going to work you through this nice and slow, nice and easy. But the amazing thing is, is when they just breathe and let mm -hmm. go and relax for that moment and let the adjustment actually occur. I can't tell you, I very rarely, maybe I can count less than 10 people and maybe even less than that. Um, but people who got the adjustment and were like, yeah, I don't like that. Hmm. Right? Most people get the adjustment and like just take a big sigh of relief and are like, oh my God, that was amazing. And I'm like, yeah, that's what getting the adjustment feels like. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, because it doesn't look like it. And, and I'm sure you and, and many of your listeners and everybody else out there has seen the videos on TikTok and, you know, the mm -hmm. guy with the towel, the ring dinger and, and who can make the loudest crunch and you know, so there's a lot of those things that exist out there, but, but the adjustment doesn't feel the way you think it would feel by right. what it looks like. 
And right. so the only way I could do that is to make a non-believer into a believer mm-hmm. is you just got to experience it. And, and like I said, the majority over the last 24 years um, have all been like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. No, I, I think it definitely is something that it's, you have to experience it. And like you said, all of those people posting videos of like the really loud cracks, like, you know, there, and there's people that just don't like that sound. So to see it in like that X, you know, in, in that way, it's like, okay, no, I remember the first time, I don't know if it was you or Dr. Christie did when you did my neck, when you're laying flat and the mm-hmm. turn, I just imagine, I don't know which scary, like old school movie, but I think of like Frankenstein or Dracula, like the head just like comes off. <laughs> I, I was like, is that going to happen to me? <laughs> but like, you know, at first you're kind of nervous about it, but then, you know, obviously you trust who's adjusting you. Cause it's like, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you were coming out afterwards and, you know, adjusted someone and like, you're not, your plan is not to hurt them. It's to heal no. them and to help them. Um, and I remember too, like, I think it was like one of the side ones, like bringing my leg up. And then mm-hmm. I remember I think like there were some times where I would just was really tight and you're like, you gotta like let the breath out. I'm like, no, no, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. But like, after we got it out, it's just like, like that sigh of relief you said. <laughs> you know what? It's amazing. Um, people will hold on to uh, their breath, right? You know, for, for you know sim- similar reasons, like they think it's going to hurt or whatever it is. And sometimes, you know what? When you're in discomfort, when there's some pain, uh, you, you, you're not sure what it's going to feel like, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like it's a little bit of an unknown. Um, but the biggest part of the role that you can play with the adjustment like aside from showing up because <laughs> i mean I can't do it without <laughs> um but the biggest part is is to you know just take that breath and just exhale out that you know that tension because as you exhale out that exhale, exhale out that tension and i'm doing the adjustment all of a sudden like all of it coordinates and you know one of the amazing things and i i never knew this and until of course i learned it but um, you know, in, until, you know, a few years, uh, you know, a couple of years into chiropractic, uh, you know, education, the school, um, that your breath is what is controlling much of the tension or relaxation ability of your body. Hmm. And so there are so many things tied into your breath. And again, something that I, I, I've seen become way more popular in the last three to five years is breath meditations and uh, breath technique uh, um, uh, clinics and things like this. And all of it has ties into, again, allowing your body to flow and heal with what's going on naturally with that flow of the in and out of the breath. Um, But one of the things that I don't know if a lot of people pay attention to, but when you breathe, the base of your head and the base of your spine actually move in coordination inflection and extension mm-hmm. those are the two terms and what they do is this is the amazing part is they pump what's called the cerebral spinal fluid which is what your head or your your brain and your spinal cord are bathed in mm-hmm. and if you don't recycle that cerebral spinal fluid there's a lot of um uh, uh, uh i don't want to say illnesses but things that can mm-hmm. show up that are unhealthy for you 
because that fluid isn't rotate or uh, um, cycling and, and circulating mm -hmm. through and filtering. Um, so breath becomes such a big part of it. And, you know, I, I, I never, I, I kind of instinctually did it, I, I guess, in practice when we were doing adjustments. Um, but I, I now consciously have people, I make sure that the first visit that they take a big breath in at least three or four times because I want all of that to coordinate for them so that they can have the best experience. But yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many people I'm trying to adjust and they're, they hold their breath mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, you got to let that go. And, right. and, it, and, and that window, as soon as they do, it's like, oh man, everything just kind of releases and it's a beautiful way of being. Right. And it's also, it's also don't be embarrassed if anything comes out. As oh, in, well, yeah. if you pass gas, because that happened to me and I was so I, embarrassed. And then don't be embarrassed. <laughs> You're not alone. And you know what? My favorite, my favorite thing to say is, you know what? It's okay if you do it because I do it all the time too. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no. but yeah no you're, you're you're so not alone and and you know what but that's what happens when you hold things in they're gonna come mm. out they're gonna come right. out somewhere so yeah uh, so going back to like your emt training you're also a firefighter right yeah do i have that yes. okay so what i guess that came from your emt experience and like what kind of got you into that uh that's not quite as long of a story, um, but but honestly, what it started was is I, I was an EMT uh, prior to going to college, and then when I went mm -hmm. to college, because of this, you know, again being wanting to be out in nature and, and do all these different things outdoors, I, I didn't know what to do. I was I was I went to University of Maryland. I'm a turf, um, and so you know I didn't know what to do, and I went to one of these you know big college club dates, right? You know whatever okay. you want to call it. And so one of the groups there was the Potomac Valley Search and Rescue. And I didn't know anything about it, but they looked like they had some cool stuff. So I started talking <laughs> to them. And, and, and so, you know, it was, it was uh, Search and Rescue. And, and so I was like, wow, this is like fascinating. I could totally do this. And um, because of my background with an EMT, because of my background in some of the other, uh, I, I did uh, with the camping and all the natural stuff, mm -hmm. I'd, done, I'd done some tracking uh, animal okay. tracking and stuff like this. And so that kind of gave me um, something that they needed and they needed what's called man trackers. Like somebody, so if somebody's lost in the woods, they would send me, right? Okay. And, or like me and a team or whatever it was. Yeah. And so uh, the search and rescue group was something that, you know, I totally loved doing and, and it was great. I mean, it combined so many of the different things that I loved and it put it into like, almost like a, like a usefulness, not that it wasn't yeah. useful before, but like a, a place of service. Sure. And for me, service was a, a theme in my life that I didn't realize was such a big theme until many years later. And so uh, I did that while I was at college and, and I had a fabulous time with it. So when I got out of college and I finally settled life in where we were in Pennsylvania, I went around going, okay, well, is there a search and rescue group around here? And um, I was directed towards the fire department they said well they're the ones that would do search and rescue and i'm like oh all right and and again you got to remember this is pre 9 11 right so mm -hmm. we didn't have urban search and rescue groups right. we didn't have building collapse groups not quite as often i mean there were but right. they were very very here and there and so um i was like all right well i i never thought about being a firefighter like that wasn't a conscious thing in my my adult brain yeah. um so i i, I 
I went to one of their meetings and I met some of their people and I started doing, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And yeah, you get the break stuff and okay, you get, you know, it's fun. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, again, fast forward 25 years down the road or 24, um, you know, now I'm a battalion chief and yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of like an experience that, you know, mm-hmm. came along, but, um, yeah, like it, it, I never started out as a firefighter initially. Uh, I, I kind of came in through like a sideway with it. Uh, but I absolutely do. I mean, I, I really do enjoy it. It, it. It's such a great service to the community. And one of the things that I, and I just explained this to a lot of the, the new guys that we have coming into the fire department now, I said, listen, I said, the reason why I joined, I didn't join because I wanted to be a chief. I didn't want to be a captain. Like that wasn't my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was if I could help and I'm able by, and I have the mentality not to panic during a, uh, like a crisis, right? Like mm-hmm. an emergency. I felt like then it was my responsibility to give that to the community and, and to be a part of that. Not everybody does well in an emergency. Some people just, you know, scream and flail their arms and run away. Some people pass out. Some people, you know, th- th- there's a lot of people that don't have the composure to focus mm-hmm. on what needs to get done. Now, I'm not saying you can't be trained to do that, um, but there's a lot of people who just don't like that environment. I was one that, that didn't, it didn't phase me. Like, I, I don't panic that often. Uh, there are some things that will make me panic, but not very many. And so, um, you know, being in that situation was like, oh, well, you know what, I, 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 can, I can do this. I can handle this. And um, so I, that, that's kind of really where it, it was for me. And, and, I, and I enjoy being of service. Mm-hmm. I really, even in chiropractic, you know, we talk about yeah. there's the service side of chiropractic. And of course, there's the business side of chiropractic. And, you know, if you give me, you know, any chance I can and twice on Sundays, I'll choose. I'd rather do the service side than the business side, right? And yeah. It's not that I don't enjoy the business side, but I, I'm just drawn to the service of, of what I do. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So being a firefighter has been, um, you know, kind of a, you know, a melding of, of a lot of different pieces and themes in my world. And, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting now because now I'm on the other side, I'm not the new guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at the new guys going, wow, we've got a lot of, a lot of work to do. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, right. my, my mentors were saying the same thing. So <laughs> it's just that my perspective is now different. So, but it's right. good. Right. So, um, we're coming up on the, it'll be 20, 21 years, damn, since September 11th. Did you guys go up there when that happened or were, were we too far away? Like was Northampton too far to like really go up there? From, from a fireside, no. Um, okay. We, we, we didn't go up on the fireside. Um, I actually went up on the chiropractic side. Okay. And, um, uh, there were a couple guys that did go up, um, you know, um, one or two guys brought their gear and we're donating, um, you know, uh, uh, supplies and whatnot mm-hmm. um, to, to some of the respite centers. Um, but what I did was is, and, and I went through the Salvation Army and the American Red Cross. Those are the two okay. organizations I went through. And I went kind of by way through the New York Chiropractic Council. They were the ones that were really leading the charge on this. And there right. were a couple of colleagues of mine that when, when, when the buildings were hit, um, didn't like they, they didn't wait. They, they took their tables and they went down to, to, to where the rubble was. Um, or, or, you know, as a matter of fact, at that time, there was still just, 
I don't even want to call it smoke, but, but debris floating. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were there. I mean, there's actually a picture of a, one of my friends, uh, um, adjusting somebody while there's still all of this cloud of dust floating around. Um, so those guys, I mean, those are the real superheroes. I mean, they went down immediately. Uh, Mm -hmm. we're offering chiropractic care to anybody who needed it, not just the firemen or anything. Um, when, by the time I went through, I had gone and I was there for, I did a total of about maybe five or six mm-hmm. days over the course of a few months. Um, and I, I went to different respite centers and what those were basically were for any of the iron workers, firefighters, police officers, doctors, dentists, anybody who was there working um, on on either the pile or the pit or whatever it was mm-hmm. at the time, um, whatever they were doing, they were directed towards our um, our part um, because there were chairs set up for people just to take a nap. There was, yeah. you know, any abundance of snacks and food available. There was medical doctors there that were providing medical care for some of the workers who were getting, you know, eye injuries or dust or, or you know, getting uh, inhaling things. Um, so it was really amazing uh, the, the amount of resources that pool together. But like I said, from the chiropractic side of things, um, you know, having family from New York, um, you know, having a strong connection into New York City. My sister was living in the city. My uncles mm. were working in the city. Um, so for me, there was, a, there was a very big, strong sentiment there. Um, but then, of course, as a firefighter, I wanted to do something. And, and I, you know, there was nothing to do as a firefighter, but as a chiropractor, right. there was. And, um, yeah, there were some really neat stories that, that came out of just uh, being a part of that and participating. And like I said, I mean, I, I was just a worker bee and I went wherever they told me to go. Um, but there were some real, you know, frontline superheroes that were doing the work. And, and it was really amazing stuff that they coordinated in such a short time. Um, yeah. You know, I give them all the credit for everything that went on. Yeah. And that's definitely like the concept of on 9-11, everyone came together and like you were saying, service is really important to you. And service is one of those things where you just go, you just go where you need to go, like where they tell you to go and do what you have to do. Um, so two more things, and then we'll wrap this up. So what, what would you say is an A plus patient? Okay. Not a plus, but like a good thing for a chiropractic patient to do good routines to get in the habit of doing, you know what, that's a, it's a really good question. Um, I would say that one of the one of the things that we often um, you know explain to people, especially a new person coming into the office, and and you kind of you know alluded this to earlier. One, you got to drink more water, right? You know, mm-hmm. many of us are dehydrated, and we're not only dehydrated because we don't drink water, but we're dehydrated because of the foods we consume. Mm-hmm. Most of the foods we consume are overprocessed, um, you know, and and certainly that alone uh, dehydrates the body because a lot of your hydration that we get comes from our foods. It doesn't necessarily come from just drinking water. It really should come from a lot from our foods. But if we're drinking processed food or eating processed foods, um, then then it's affecting our, our ability to capture some of that hydration. But so drinking water becomes, a, I think, a big part of it. And drinking good, clean water, right? You know, I mean, I, there's a difference between, um, you know, water that's been, you know, you know, been carted around in a car for, you know, two months in the heat. Yeah is different quality water than you're going to get from like a spring, right? Um, yeah. But 
you know, whatever you're limited to, I'm going to say just drink water is, is a good one. The second thing is, is move. Your body processes what we do to it with movement. Now, if moving is not good for you, let's say maybe you're, you know, have pain or it's uncomfortable, maybe then doing some basic, simple chair stretches. Mm -hmm. And if that's too much, then go back to what I was saying earlier, do some really good, deep, proper breathing. Mm -hmm. uh, because that movement is going to circulate um, fluid in the body. It's going to circulate um, all the tissues in the body. It's going to get things going, even though you're not moving in the sense of like, you know, running a, a marathon. Mm -hmm. um, but movement is, is a real big thing to do, I think, for people. Um, and then the last thing, which, you know, we don't talk about this really for a lot of new people in the office, but because it's something that usually shows up a little bit later, um, but that is getting good rest. Mm -hmm. Your body heals and repairs on a cellular level when it's resting. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence that points to this. One of the most simple is if you've ever seen a dog, right, who ate something that it didn't agree with, the dog kind of heaves up whatever it did, right? <laughs> and, you know, after it, it's, it's done going through that experience, um, usually what the dog will do is go lay down, right? And, mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, maybe not go to sleep, let's say, but very rarely do you see a dog who's, who doesn't feel good or gets, you know, an upset stomach and doesn't then go lay down, right? They don't typically go running around. I mean, maybe a puppy might right. do that, but you know, right. like a dog will typically go lay down and they're looking for recovery. Hmm. And so in that sense of, or in that space of, you know, rest, our bodies are healing, our bodies are re-energizing or are, are revitalizing all of the damaged tissue. So, that's such a big thing for people to do is, is to, you know, get that good rest. And there's a lot of techniques to do that. I mean, again, you go back to breath techniques, you can listen to certain, you know, biurnal beats, um, things like that. Um, but, you know, also too, getting off, you know, the computer and, and yep. getting away from your phone, screen time, getting out into nature, going for a walk. There's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but, you know, good rest and, and, and getting that, um, uh, rhythm and pattern and routine of, of good rest, I think is, is super important. Yeah. All right. Well, those are four, I mean, four really easy things to do to incorporate in your life. And, you know, it doesn't cost anything to take a nap. I no. love napping. <laughs> Who doesn't? I, well, I used to not like naps, I guess when I was younger. And then when I went to college, oh. my roommate would take a lot of naps and I was like, I'm kind of into this. This is nice. I should do this more often. <laughs> you got to be careful. You don't take big naps though. Little naps. Right. Like 20 minutes. Right. 20 minutes. It's all you right. need. Exactly. Um, so my last question that I like to ask all my guests that come on is how do you practice self-care? What's your favorite form of self-care? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I don't know if I like it the most, but it's the one I do the most routine mm -hmm. um, is exercise. I, mean, okay. I, I go to the gym. I do a circuit. Um, I do a weight resistance circuit. It, it's not just like a, you know, a machines or bike or anything like that. I do, you know, some free weights and stuff. Um, that, that's the one I probably do the most consistently. Um, and, and that's the one that I, I feel like, you know, needs to be done on, on a regular basis. Cause I think if, as soon as you miss like a week or two of it, all of a sudden it's like, wow, like I, I feel the physical impact of that the most. Um, but the one that I enjoy the most, um, uh, is doing things, uh, um, that really just put me in that happy place. And, mm -hmm. and there's a couple of those things. One of those is going to the beach. 
right? Yeah. You know, to me, I love sitting by the ocean, sitting in the ocean, floating in the ocean, smelling the ocean, hearing the ocean. That to me is just a, a peaceful place to just anchor and let all the bad ions out of my body and, you know, let, let, let all the good, um, you know, let the free, free radicals out and let all the antioxidants in. Um, but also too, um, you know, I think eating good food and, mm -hmm. and having, you know, laughing and, and having good, you know, breaking bread with people, right? You know what yeah. I mean? So not, not just eating good food and doing it by yourself, but, you know, breaking bread with people and having a good, you know, a good experience around that environment. I think that, that's so communal, right? That, mm -hmm. that to me is really healing. And, and so I, I don't know if it's self-care, but yeah. letting myself enjoy those moments, that's self-care. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that, a self -care moment. that definitely is categorized as self-care. And that's yeah. funny that you say the beach because that makes sense why your office is all beach themed. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense, right? <laughs> so where can people find you guys, your office, um, website, all that good stuff? Sure. Uh, my website is com. right? So that, mm -hmm. that's an easy one. Uh, we're also uh, Facebook right? DeSaro mm -hmm. Chiropractic is on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Andrew DeSaro is on Facebook. And uh, our office is in Bucks County, Richboro, Pennsylvania is where we are. 18974 or 18954. Jeez. Thank <laughs> you. My home. That's where the house is. That's my old zip code too. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So 18954 is the zip. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's where we are. And, um, you know, so yeah, we're always welcome. We're always happy to see new people. We're always uh, welcoming new people to come into chiropractic. And mm -hmm. you know, the, the great thing is what I love about doing what I do is even if you don't want to come to my office, even like, let's say it's inconvenient. Uh, we, I, I pride myself on trying to find somebody who would be fitting for you, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be the location, whether it be the style of practice, whatever it be the hours, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, it, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be me that does it. Right. You know, so, so there's always a way to, to find chiropractic, to put it into your lifestyle. And I'd be more than happy to help people to find that way. Awesome. That's a great place to end. Thank you, Dr. Andrew. And I'll add everything into our, our show notes so people can find you guys and, and uh, experience chiropractic care if, if they haven't, or, you know, if they have questions about what we talked about today, they can reach out to the source directly. But thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. This was fun. I enjoyed seeing you again. Oh, thank you. Thanks a latte for listening. Cup of Corb is created, edited, and produced by me, Megan Corb. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe to Cup of Corb on your preferred streaming site. And please leave a five-star review as this really helps spread the word about the podcast. And feel free to share with a friend. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Cup of Corb and check out the latest updates at cupofcorb.com.